for the body, Lord Jesus. I thank you for the leaders. I thank you for the servants. We need you here, God. We don't want, want to be just a loud noise. Stir us up in love, Lord Jesus. We thank you for your finished work. In Jesus' name, amen. Surprise. Um, so I was thinking about how can someone be in worship right next? First of all, great job, man. And I got so excited. I didn't know his son, your son's name was going to be Samson. Yeah. Wow, right? It was like a punch. Like I just felt in my spirit just a punch to the enemy when I heard Samson. But anyways, um, how can someone be sitting right next to someone in worship and not be receiving the same power, impact, feeling, refreshment as the person next to him? And it's just, I look at worship as another form of prayer. And why is prayer powerful? It's not because of the energy that I exude in the position of prayer that gets me close to the Christ. It's while I'm praying, I realize how little effect I have on anything and the fact that he did it all, that I begin to get in the right position in his shadow, and then I can operate with power and, and experience overcoming, uh, experience the ability to overcome things that are overcoming me in my life. Does that make sense? So in worship, when we begin to actually um, worship and forget who's next to us we, and listen to the words, we really begin to see our position. And when we begin to understand our position, real power begins to show up. And not that we're after power, but we need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives in order to be that to be that change that this world needs, which is Jesus. So I just want to real quick, this is just not going to be long. We're in First Chronicles 28. If you would turn with me, please. First Chronicles 28. And this is, a, I think we have a church with a lot of entrepreneurs. We have a church with a lot of managers. We have a church with a lot of people stepping out to start other churches or other Bible studies. And so I felt like this word as I was reading through it, and especially my life, the step that the, the, the season I'm in right now and this aspect of stepping out, you know, stepping out. This church is just starting. So First Chronicles 28, we can get kind of an idea of what's going on by reading verses one through three real quick. And it says, we're right at the end of David reigning and he's getting to the point where he's about to pass it on to his son and he actually desired to build the house of the Lord but the Lord told him what no it's not for you it's not your job and that goes so much against some cultures in Christianity like if you just believe it you pray for it you claim it you go after it you can get it I'm sorry. There's some people called to build the house. There's some that aren't. There's some that are called to prepare for the next person who will build, which was Solomon. So what is our part in the body? What is our role to fulfill? It's not whatever our biggest dream is or most glorious thing we can do for God is and then try to stamp in Jesus name on it. And then we move forward in it. No, it comes through prayer realizing who we are the position that we're in and then in that place we can begin to hear the voice of god and really hear what he desires us to do so it says in verse one david assembled at jerusalem all the officials of israel he's got all the big dogs there 
the officials of the tribes, the officers of the divisions that served the king, the commanders of thousands, the commanders of hundreds, the stewards of all the property and livestock of the king and his sons, together with the palace officials, the mighty men and all the seasoned warriors. I'm reading out of ESV. Then King David rose to his feet and said, Hear me, my brothers and my people. I had it in my heart to build a house of rest for the ark of the covenant of the Lord and for the footstool of our God. And I made preparations for the building. Is that not a good desire? I mean, is that a bad desire? It's not. It's not a bad desire. I want to build a house for the Lord. I mean, that's a good thing. It says, but God said to me, you may not build a house for my name. For you are a man of war and have shed blood. We're not going to go into that. But skip on down to 20. And this is the word of the Lord for each individual in here. Stepping out as a new father. You know, the transition you guys are having in, in you guys' home. And I know you're on the brink of starting a church. Is that right? Or kind of doing a new thing at Gigi's. Where we're fellowshipping and we're kind of stepping out. And we're doing new things. It says here, verse 20. This is after he said all this. Maybe you're supposed to. (laughs) No, that's not divine. Um, Verse 20. He turns to his, David turns to his son after giving this great speech, which we won't go through. And he turns to his son and he says, be strong. So this is for you. This is for everyone here. Be strong and courageous. And do it. It's that simple. Be strong, be courageous, and do it. He wouldn't tell him to be strong if there wasn't going to be a tendency or challenge that would bring him to a point of weakness. He wouldn't tell him to be courageous if there wasn't going to be something that he would run into that would give him an opportunity to fear or not move. So these are all aspects when you step out. There's going to be fear. There's going to be someone bigger than you. There's going to be someone smarter than you. There's going to be someone more talented than you. All these things are going to be there. There's someone that roasts coffee better than me. There's someone who serves coffee better than Jeff if we live by the world's standards. And then he says, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. Which we're right in the same sphere of strong and courageous. They go hand in hand. Do not be afraid. Be courageous. Do not be dismayed. Be strong. And then he tells them why. It's not because in the same way of prayer and worship, because I've exuded all my strength and everything to worship God. Now he's going to hear me. It's not because of my effort. It's not because of how I pressed in. But it's because the Lord God, even my God, is with you. It's that simple. He's with you. And it says he will not leave you or forsake you until all the work for the service of the house of the Lord is finished. Period. So don't trust in your own strength. Don't trust in your own courage, although he tells you to be strong and courageous. Courageous. It's not just strength and courage that's going to bring about the victory. It's going to bring about the breakthrough. It's realizing that God will never leave you nor forsake you. And just like this is a picture of a father speaking to his son. We can easily look at the Bible and try to implant ourselves. But here I want to implant God. This is God looking to us and saying the same thing. Be strong. Be courageous. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. For I am with you. I will not leave you or forsake you until all the work 
for the service of the house of the Lord is finished. So in your time of prayer, in your time of worship, I don't know if we're doing another song or not, but in that time where you're worshiping, just get in the shadow of the almighty. And from that place, he will speak to you clearly about what it is. If you haven't already heard what you should be doing and then you rest in him. And a quick story that I'm that I'm stealing from Pastor Ronaldo up in uh, uh, at Greater Grace in Baltimore. He told a story about a kid that he ran into that's blind. And this kid had so much joy. And he didn't know why he had so much joy. And so he sat down and talked to him. And I think I'm telling the story right. Forgive me if I'm off a little bit. But he sat down and talked to him and he asked him, how did you get to this point of so much joy? How are you operating like you're operating without even being able to see? He said, well, I lost my sight in an accident. And I was angry at God and I was angry at the world and I wanted to die. And I was a young kid and I locked myself in my room. And I wouldn't come out and my dad would come and beckon to me. My mom would come and beckon to me and I didn't come out. They would bring the food and they would leave and I would open the door and I would grab the food and I'd go inside and I'd eat. And I was mad at God and I was mad at the world. He said, then one day my dad comes to the door and he beats on the door. And he says, I want you to go outside and I want, it was Christmas time. I want you to go outside and I want you to hang all these lights on these six windows. And I want it done by tomorrow. You will not get any food. And he walked off. And so he was so mad. He's like, I'm going to do it. And I hope I fall off and I hope I break my neck. I don't want to live. He said, so he, the next day he got up on the roof and he, he hang, hung the first light. Then he hung the second light. Then he hung the third light. And he hung the fourth and the fifth. And the story goes on that he hung the whole light. But the whole point, all the lights. But the point of the story is, afterwards his father told him he was never less than four feet away from him the whole time. He didn't know it. He was blind. If he would have happened to fall, his father was right there to catch him. And that's the same testimony today. He's calling us to do things that we can't see that we can't envision, but he's there the whole time. So I encourage you in prayer and worship to just get in position in the shadow of him. Allow him to speak to you and be obedient. (laughs) Three words, and do it. Lizzie, do it. Do it. I know what's put God's put on your heart. Do it. You have no choice. Baby's coming. <laughs> Just playing. So let's pray real quick. And uh, I don't know if you guys plan another show. We're going right into the message. Colton is? Colton, you got a special for? Oh, <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> so we have a special from the young phenom. Um, but let's go ahead and pray. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. You not only tell us to be strong and courageous, but that's not where you hang the hat. That's not where the story ends. It's not built and contingent upon our strength or even our courage. You just don't want us to walk through this life full of struggle. You don't want us to walk through this life full of doubt and worry and discouragement. What you call us to is normally not easy. But God, we trust you this morning. And whatever it is you've called each individual in here to do, including myself, We are going to do it because you told us to. 
Not because we understand it, not because it makes sense, not because one plus one equals two, but because you told us to. So God, bless this short moment of worship, and I pray, Lord, that you would bless those that are on the road, Father, bring healing and peace. God, Kennedy, what a great picture. What a great example of God bringing about something beautiful and powerful and mighty in the name of Samson. But in the process, there's sickness. In the process, there's discomfort. But on the road to something great. And we all are on that road. So God, we thank you. We bless you. We need you. Lord, we need you in Jesus' name. Amen.